Hello, and welcome to the beginning of a new Resilience and Grace podcast season. I am kicking off season number five with you today and talking about a really important topic. For those of you who are regular listeners, I am glad you are back. I took four months off to focus on my online membership, to take care of my family, helping them get to all of their winter activities, and I also made time to rest and recover mentally and physically after a car accident I was in last fall. It was hard to pause, but I knew it was necessary for me to survive and not burn out and also so that I can be present, creating content that is inspiring and real. So I'm back. And this first episode in season number five is one that is near and dear to my heart. Today, I am talking about my journey with anxiety and mental health. I'm also gonna share with you how yoga and meditation can help decrease stress and anxiety and why they are wonderful tools for many of us right now. So let me begin with telling you, I have anxiety. In fact, getting ready to record this podcast and write the information down that I want to talk about heightens my anxiety. However, I want to be real and share this part of my story, including how yoga has helped me learn to manage my symptoms and find peace instead of feeling shame. I've experienced many of the common symptoms of generalized anxiety disorder for most of my life. And by the way, there is a link in the show notes if you'd like to learn more about generalized anxiety disorder. You see, I can tell my anxiety is high when I start feeling the need to move. It can begin with small movements like fidgeting. You know, I can twiddle my thumbs with the best of them. And it can turn into a full-on need to get outside and walk for miles to escape my thoughts and get this energy that is built up out of my brain and body. I also start getting irritated easily at my family, and I want to control every situation, especially during those large family events and holidays. Raise your hand if you feel the same. My manic cleaning mode starts to kick in and switches to hyperdrive and I begin to run around my house scrubbing floors, picking everything up, and making sure it appears there is order to the chaos. But other symptoms that I feel include difficulty concentrating and focusing on one task or even completing a project. I ruminate over what I have said or did or what I didn't say or do, and the worst symptom I experience is not sleeping well. You see, I can usually go to sleep, but I will wake up at 2 or 3 a.m. and my brain will start spinning. I can't shut off my thoughts, and it's difficult to relax and let myself go back to sleep. I used to think I could fix myself and get rid of these symptoms by doing more. More meditating, more yoga, more reading, more exercising, more therapy. You get the picture. But over the past couple of years, I've learned more about generalized anxiety disorder and that this mental health condition is something I will live with and manage probably for the rest of my life. I also know I'm not alone. 
Most of us don't need to see statistics to know that we're in an epidemic of anxiety. And during COVID, the number of people reporting symptoms of anxiety and depression skyrocketed by 270% from 2019-2021. And we feel it closing in around us in the form of our own anxiety and that of our friends, family, children, co-workers, and those fellow denizens on the internet, on social media. So a friend told me that she recently took her teenage son to counseling because he is struggling to control his anger. He was diagnosed with a temporary adjustment disorder, and the counselor described this as something many young adults and adults are experiencing in the wake of the shared collective trauma of COVID. We are mad and anxious, and we don't know why. Every person you encounter could be dealing with this on some level. And I've learned that by widening the lens of our understanding to encompass not only the aspects of mental health illnesses that occur in the brain and originate in the body, we can more effectively address this current mental health epidemic. So I'm grateful that now I can name my mental health condition and receive treatment. It also makes a lot of sense why I was attracted to the health and wellness profession from an early age. Looking back, I was seeking tools to help me cope with symptoms that sometimes debilitated me and my daily activities. My studies in the health and wellness field and my career in wellness and yoga have helped me learn and teach strategies to help manage stress and anxiety. And they've definitely helped me. And I hope I have helped others along the way. You see, I'm a fitness enthusiast. Making time for exercise and movement each day has offered me many benefits, including improving my self-esteem, brain function, and actually sleep. I've enjoyed teaching and participating in almost every style of aerobics or group fitness class, and I have a lot of fun being active outdoors in all the seasons, in all weather. Although some might see my need to exercise as a way to stay healthy and fit, I know it is something that helps me stay calm and centered. In addition to my exercise routine, I meet with a psychologist, and I now take medication to help me work through my worries and challenges. I started seeing a counselor regularly since the age of 18, and I've continued this treatment on and off, mostly on, for all of my adult life. It's been such an important tool to managing my anxiety. I love my girlfriends, and I'm so grateful that they take time to listen to me and help me process what I'm thinking and feeling. But working with a professional has given me additional tools and concepts to think about, helping me get out of my own way and moving forward again. In addition to movement, talking to a counselor, taking medication, I've learned a lot about nutrition and how eating a well-balanced meal helps my mind. 
eating nutritious foods is the number one thing I can do to keep my gut microbiome healthy and protects my brain. Now, I'm not a dietitian and I don't have a lot of professional training in nutrition, so you won't find me giving a lot of advice in this area. But there are a lot of wonderful resources out there, and I encourage you to consider learning more about how the foods you eat affects your brain. My mental health process and progress has definitely not been linear. My anxiety comes in waves. And although I find relief in quiet times, I know my mental health conditions are never really gone. And I've had to accept that there will be tougher times and that I'll have to cope with them. And it won't always be easy. In fact, my fear of messing up or not living up to my own standards prevents me from losing my drive. So it helps me. I use my anxiety to help me move forward in work, show up as a parent, and keep going, even when sometimes the anxiety can be really draining. So how does yoga really help anxiety and stress? Well, many of you know I've been practicing and teaching yoga for more than 20 years. I believe it truly was divine intervention that I was introduced to a practice that helps me turn away from the world and be present with what is. It has taken time. It's been a practice like a long game, but I now know that the thoughts and feelings racing through my head do not define me. My meditation practice has helped me learn to witness the thoughts and detach my self-worth from them, even in those moments I'm filled with fear. Making time to practice is not always easy. It is hard to make time for self-care, even when we know it is good for us and we know we will feel better when it is over. The hardest part for me and for many, probably you listening, is showing up and getting started. As a teacher, though, it's definitely easier when I'm forced to roll out my mat and teach. This is a job that allows me to practice while I work. Bonus! And moving my body helps me get out of my head and into my body. I can incorporate different postures that support my current state and help myself start to feel more grounded and less anxious. Yoga helps me take those slow, deep breaths. And I can put myself into relaxation poses that help me calm both my mind and my body. So maybe you're thinking, what do you do, Mary? What happens when anxiety skyrockets and you're not teaching yoga or meditation? Well, I better be real with you. You know, I am a mom of three kids ages 13 to 8, and they still need and want my full attention. And they can get into trouble in the blink of an eye. All three of them are in activities outside of school, and they enjoy playing with friends, and they enjoy avoiding helping around the house. So in addition to driving them all over town, 
I work hard at keeping calendars updated, meals planned and prepared, laundry and housework done, and everything else that goes into being a householder and a parent. Now, my husband is a huge help, and I'm grateful that we are a team on this parenting journey. But if you struggle with anxiety and you keep those incredibly long lists and that you try to keep track of them in your head, well, the lists that I keep, they might scare you. And let's not forget, I also run my own business and the list for solopreneurs sometimes makes it feel like steam is coming out of my ears. This is what keeps me awake at night when everyone else is sleeping peacefully. So, I'm not really teaching yoga when I'm trying to go to sleep. And when I can't sleep, what do I do? I breathe. I try to extend my exhale. And this helps my body move out of the fight and flight response, known as the sympathetic nervous system, and into one that relaxes and calms me, the parasympathetic nervous system. I place my hands on my heart or my belly, and I invite my body to relax. This can help me stay calm and relaxed, even if I don't actually fall asleep. I also find myself making time for yoga nidra throughout my week. You've heard me talk about the benefits before in this podcast. I've even recorded multiple episodes so that you can practice this. Yoga Nidra has been a lifesaver for the past eight years. I learned about it when I had my youngest child, and I knew it wasn't always going to be practical to take a nap in the middle of the day and sleep when the children sleep, like my grandma told me. But I can listen to a guided meditation, and I can give myself permission to rest for 10 to 20 minutes and relax. My kids now know that when I tell them I need to go to my room to, quote, rest, they cannot bother me unless it is an absolute emergency. I go to my room, close the door. I typically have to lock it. I lay down under my favorite blanket, and I turn on a guided yoga nidra practice. When I'm done, I really do feel fully refreshed and recharged, ready to parent again. My family has experienced the benefits of me making time to rest that they now respect this sacred time and leave me alone. And if they don't, they experience a very angry mommy. So I'd like to share some other key takeaways when you're considering starting a yoga and meditation practice that helps manage stress and anxiety. Over the years, I've personally experienced and witnessed how this practice of yoga can help change a person's relationship to their body and to their own mental health. Instead of having expectations of curing anything, I like to invite myself and others to create an intention of curiosity and forming a more friendship-based relationship with their own experience and their own life. A regular meditation practice can help us move away from those feelings of overwhelm, worry, fear, comparison, and hopelessness. And when we make time to sit and pause, it can lead us into curiosity, wonder, excitement, 
reverence, compassion, connection, gratitude, love, and joy. A yoga practice can help manage stress and anxiety as well because it's balancing for the nervous system and it is a tool of awareness. It gives us a sense of understanding of what is happening in the body and facilitating a connection between the mind and body, which tunes us in more accurately to what's happening inside, right? Because when we have anxiety, we're spinning in our head. And when we can step back and pause and make that connection, we can really evaluate what is helping and what isn't. I like to think the story I'm telling myself is this, but when I really pause, I can let go of the story and get in tune with what is really happening. Also, when we engage in repetitive rhythmic movement and link our breath to the movement practice, it calms the sympathetic response. In fact, I encourage you to choose the intensity of your practice that supports your current state and meets your nervous system where it is now. Sometimes what I need most is not to move more and rev up my nervous system and do a heated vinyasa practice. Sometimes what I need more is to stop and rest, put my body into a restorative pose and breathe. When we have anxiety, our body is trying to help us. It's actually trying to protect you. It's not out to get you. And the more you fight anxiety and the more anxious you'll get, excuse me, the more you fight anxiety, the more anxious you will get. So instead, when I'm in full anxiety mode, the best thing for me to do is do nothing. I pause and breathe and tune in to what I'm thinking and feeling. And I commonly find myself placing my hands over my heart and reminding myself I'm okay. And once I feel okay with the situation and what is, then things start to change and I can move forward once again. So today, I'm sharing with you these practices that have helped me when I'm feeling really anxious or stressed. And again, I wish I was perfect, but I'm not. And I wish I didn't have to deal with any of these mental health problems. But I've come to terms that it's not humanly possible. So I will enjoy life a lot more if I can practice doing my best, forgiving myself when I make a mistake, and live in the present moment. I've also learned to make peace with my mental health condition. I now understand that everyone has their own journey. And I'm not alone in feeling that my journey is ongoing. I hope that by sharing my experiences and being honest about my current challenges, including the tools I do use to help me live day to day, moment to moment, will help you, someone else, feel seen and understood. Did you know May is National Mental Health Awareness Month? So this really is the perfect month for me to share my story with anxiety. And I am including a few additional resources that you can access in the show notes that might help you. I'll also include a link to my personal favorite Yoga Nidra practice. It's episode number 60 on this podcast, and it's called Restful 
nurturance. You're always invited to try one of the meditations on this podcast when you're feeling anxious or overwhelmed. This is my gift to you and a way to help make meditation more accessible to everyone, regardless of age, ability, experience, or income. Tell a friend. Share it. You can count on me now in this season to release two new episodes on the first and third Monday of each month. I created this podcast with you in mind. It's a resource to practice and learn meditation and breathing techniques. Remember, it doesn't matter if you're a beginner or an experienced yogi. You can come here and sample a variety of ancient teachings in one place and return to your favorites again and again. This podcast is also a place where you can listen and learn about transformational health and wellness. I will continue to talk about cutting-edge, evidence-based methods you can explore and use right away. And you'll get to know me more and hear me share my own personal story, like in today's episode. Together, we'll move forward, living a wholehearted life filled with resilience and grace. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe and tune in for a new meditation practice that will be released on May 16th. I am so excited for what is to come this season. Get ready and learn more about me and why I'm so committed to making these practices available and accessible to all. And if you want to practice some yoga on a mat, join me in my online studio. I offer regular live stream classes And you can also access my comprehensive on-demand video library filled with restorative, gentle, chair, and mixed-level yoga practices that nurture the mind, body, and spirit. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Peace. See you again.